Welcome to the Why God Why podcast. My name is Peter Englert. I am hosting by myself today. I am in the wonderful studios of Dave Bodie, uh, the man, the myth, the legend. And uh, this podcast is brought to you by Browncroft Community Church. So the question that we're asking today, uh, because we want to respond to questions that you have that you don't feel comfortable asking in church. The question is, why is it so hard to get connected in church? And so it can be a difficult place to go. What's the next steps? I am here with my friend from Hoboken, New Jersey. His name is Nick Lenzi. Nick, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Excited to talk about this today. Oh, man. So Nick had me on his podcast called The Reading Lens, which is part of the Small Group Network podcast. Make sure you check mm -hmm. that out. He interviewed me on the book that I feel the least qualified to talk about, <laughs> Never Split the Difference, but he did good. He put up with me. So, hey, Nick, why don't you share your story and uh, just maybe why you're passionate about this question? Yeah. So I am originally from uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, grew up there first 18 years and then went to school in Philadelphia, studied finance. Naturally, you study finance, you want to work on Wall Street. And I thankfully got an opportunity to work on Wall Street. And so I was, my first year was 2008. So for those history buffs, you can now remember 13 years ago was when everything was falling apart in on Wall Street. So I had a front row seat to it all. But thankfully, like, I was at one of the best banks. And, um, you know, God kind of protected me in that way, uh, I think. Um, but what's interesting is, um, you know, I, that 2008, you know, happened. And uh, that was just such a crazy year for me. And I just knew I needed an outlet. Like I was just so uncomfortable. I wasn't myself like, you know, I, I was hanging out with some people that um, I went to high school originally with and then they went to Penn State. So they were just like crazy partiers. And I just could not hang with them if I'm being honest. But um, I was looking for community and I didn't expect to find it at a church. And, uh, you know, I got involved in a little local church plant here called uh, Hoboken Grace. And things just sort of took off from there that eventually, like, I got asked just to help out with organizing all of our small groups that we have here at Hoboken Grace. And that grew and grew and grew. And then eventually I was able to come on full time and work for the church. And so I have a rare role where I do the finance and accounting for our church. And I do groups, usually those two guys like that accountants, usually not the guy who's connecting people into, into community, but uh, I have this rare gift in that side. But, you know, if you visit my LinkedIn, you'll see like what I believe I do is help people belong. So that's, that's kind of like my own personal mission is um, knowing that this, especially in Hoboken is an area that's filled with a lot of people who are like myself, where we came from somewhere else, we left our family, and now we're kind of searching for new family. And so that's that's kind of a nice advantage that, that we have of, of doing church here in Hoboken. Well, you know why I interview friends on this podcast? Like, we might as well just record our discussion as we get to know yeah. each other. So help, help us realize from Pittsburgh, Penn State to Hoboken, like, where were you on your faith journey? Because it it kind of sounds like you might have been reluctant, maybe even going through a time of struggle and doubt. Where were yeah. you? I actually, um, I would say that I've never kind of struggled with doubt. So I grew up in the church. My mother was a firm believer and it was just habit. But I'm such an extreme extrovert that like church was attractive to me because, oh, I get to be with people, right? Um, 
But my faith growing up and even through college and even when I got to Hoboken was this philosophy of surround yourself with good people and good things will happen. And that was that was like my theology. Like I wasn't necessarily sure if if God was who he says he was. It was just more of, hey, like these people are doing good things. I want to be a part of that. Right. And um, th- that was a lot of my faith. That's what like when I came to Hoboken Grace, it was, you know, I I actually kind of started with small groups like like that was so, you know, I would I was looking for a church and I found one that I kind of liked. Right. Like I was OK with Jesus. I thought like this is this is good and stuff like that. And I enjoyed the music they had. But then I got invited into a small group and there was something so interesting with the small group that I joined because at the time, when I look back at this story, it's so funny in my mind because at the time, these guys were like 26, 27, 28, and I was 22, 23 at the time. So I was like, when you're that age, you're like, oh, they're so much older. They're so much more mature. But now I'm 36 and looking back, it's just like, man, I can't believe I was looking at them as like this model figure, right? But what stood out to me with them was they had loved their spouses and or significant others better than anyone I had ever seen. And I was like, man, like I want that. And I don't know like how they're like that because at work it was the complete opposite like divorce is happening everywhere this was still back in the the age when you could send really inappropriate emails at work and like people would be like oh that's just joe like he just sends those kind of emails um but um so it was so countercultural and i was like all right like i'm gonna stick around and try to figure out what it is about these guys and then just come to find out it's just the way that God and Jesus loved them that they were allowed or they were able to love others well and so like I started making Monday nights a priority. That's when our group met. And I remember having to go to my boss. I was nervous about this because, you know, again, it's 2008. Things are really hectic. We work like 12 to 16 hour days. And I remember having to go to the boss and just be like, hey, on Monday nights, I need to be home by 8 p.m. Like just the thought of like asking to be home. Like I've been here since 7 a.m. Can I go home by 8 p.m.? Like and and feeling guilty about that. It just tells you the, the kind of culture that it was. But um I remember he was just being like, yeah, it's okay. Just make sure your work gets done kind of thing. And um, that started to make a difference in my life. And I started to see like the things I would put in practice were were true and, and, and things like that. And I was like, all right, if you make Monday a priority, what if you make Sunday a priority? And even that was a leap for me because I was a huge sports fan. So I grew up in Pittsburgh and uh, I'm sorry to say this. Go, but the go Steelers Ravens, are, right? No, the Steelers <laughs> are good every fall. Like, it's just, it's, it's, you know, so, um, so, and we met at night and it, like, it meant that I had to record my football games. And like, I remember that just having that, like at the time, that was a huge step of faith for me to just be like, okay, you can't watch the game live. And, uh, again, so then that started and then that started and then I got to like, okay, you made Sunday a priority, you made Monday a priority. What does it look like if you make your whole life a priority to God? And like, so that's like kind of my story. Obviously, there's some more kind of theological things inside that 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 add to it. But like on a on a micro or a macro level, like it was just those little steps of like, all right, let's just try with Monday. All right, Monday's going good. Let's just try with another day. And then that just sort of kept expanding on, on top of that. And just like kind of putting God to the test of like him asking like, okay, do this in your life or like, you know, give me priority and then seeing the difference that it makes. So that, that's, that's kind of like my journey into the church in a sense. 
Well, what's fascinating about that, um, we just got done recording an episode with Jeff Holsclaw. It'll either be before or after years. Mm -hmm. And he talks about the importance of community. And he said exactly what you said, which was you saw a bunch of people living out their faith, not divorcing and treating their spouses terribly. And, And so I just think that that's really powerful. You know, even though they were only three to four years older than you, what were some other things that you picked up from them um, during that time? They were so selfless. Like one, they genuinely wanted to get to know who I was, but then their mission was never about themselves. It was about improving each other. Um, and I love that they were able to do that. Um, it, it's just really unique. Cause I think sometimes that's, sometimes I think people in the church struggle with that because we obviously are going to church because we have different needs, but there comes a point in the maturity of someone's faith where like you, you need to have it be about the group instead of it being about you. Um, and so I think that was one of the things that like I was immediately able to pick up on. And I think some of that was like my dad lived his life that way. And so like just seeing other people sacrifice the way that they were doing inside that group um, was, was super attractional um, and, and I wanted to be a part of that. So I think that was that was an element of it as well. So I, I want to kind of back up because yeah. some of our listeners, you know, they go to church maybe once a quarter, mm-hmm. maybe once a month. Um, so like you made this transition from like, you know, you, you said one day a week became two days, became like every day. You know, help us understand that transition you made from, okay, I'm finding it helpful to go to church on Sunday. I'm finding it helpful. We'll even just say in the season, I'm finding it helpful mm-hmm. just to do the live stream. What did that transition look like from, okay, I'm going to take a next step. You know, were you thinking about, should I serve? Was it the small group? Like, what was it that kind of said, I'm going to take this step? Yeah, I remember just the invitation to being a part of a group. Uh, was was kind of like a next step. And I, it's funny, when I think back about it, I don't know exactly what I was actually trying to work towards. I just knew I was just trying to be a better me. And um, at this end, uh, yeah, I was going to say is like, that's also not the gospel, right? To become a like for you to be good. Like that was the thing I ended up coming to find out like, oh, the reason that the way these guys can love each other, love others so well is because they're no longer trying to be good themselves. They're taking on God's goodness and knowing that like it's his goodness that that clears, you know, the records for us all um, or sets the record for us all, I think would be an, another way to put that. Right. Um, and um, but I, I think one of the things that I would encourage people with too is like, and I look back at that is, you know, you were talking about how people attend maybe once or twice a month. Um, and that's pretty typical, but like, I'll be fair to you. Like there's a lot of fun things that happen on the weekends. Right. And sometimes it can be difficult to go to church. And that's, that's why I think like, I mean, obviously I'm going to be biased in this, but I think groups might sometimes be almost just as important, if not more important than, than church itself, because one, it's a lot easier to be more consistent with, you're able to be seen and be heard. And I think that's really valuable in the in the walk of someone's faith, especially when they're in doubt and they're trying to ask questions. You know, when you can find a group where you can ask those questions and not be 
like, oh, here goes Davy again, right? Like it, and someone can will take the time to 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 listen to your questions and stuff like that. I think I think is is super powerful and something that that I would look forward to. So, because I think sometimes we we think that like, or not we, but like I would say someone who's a, who's you know searching for faith. Sometimes they might think that like, oh, I'll get my answers on Sunday. I actually think it's probably going to happen more throughout the week than it would typically on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. No, it makes a ton of sense. You know, and <laughs> I want to come back to some of those thoughts because yeah. um, there's just a lot here. Um, I do podcasts like Italians because my mom's main name is Pachano, make sauce. Like yeah. it's never the same either time. So, what I want to kind of come to is just the honest conversations. Mm-hmm. How do churches? do you think make it hard to get connected? Um, so I think they, there's a couple ways they, they make it hard to get connected. Um, one is there's just this perception that you have to have it all together right away. And I think sometimes like, I think churches forget they're in the people business. And so I don't know what business they think they're in, but like, we're all messy, right? And so sometimes it's like, ah, uh, like, so I think sometimes they push people away just because they have a perception of like, all right, you should be at this level in order to to participate in a conversation, right? When really there should be no, no level at all. Um, and then I think sometimes too, they, I, so apologize, like I grew up in a super business background, so I may talk business kind of wise, like, they forget who their customer is. Like the the person who's coming every single week isn't actually their customer in a sense. Mm-hmm. And so they'll end up trying to keep those people happy instead of trying to help people find their faith, right? Or help them take their next steps. Um, so like someone who's trying to find their faith isn't necessarily gonna want to like dive deep into like, what is the meaning of revelation, right? Um, but really just wanna know like, is Jesus who he says he was like kind of thing. So, well, I think, I, I think that's some of it, but no, I, yeah. I feel that. Cause like yeah. there's people that I've invited to be in a small group and they're scared and embarrassed or because yeah. I won't know what to do. Um, you know, I also think too, one of the things like churches, if you don't know the game and I hate to like sound oh, yes. pejorative, like, like they're, I can tell when someone hasn't, uh, when someone's from a different, like our <laughs> our former executive pastor moved here from uh, Silicon Valley. Like Sam and his little wife, Leslie, like he talks about it. He's like, I went to the Welcome Center and I talked to this staff person and they got me, connect- like, like they understand the yeah. game, I, unfortunately. But like, if you walk in and you don't understand, like you'll do whatever, the pastor preaching is telling you to do. And sometimes like that's super awkward. And also churches like are annoyingly complicated. Like, and I say that <laughs> lovingly and it's like, so do you want me to serve? Do you want me to be in a small group? You know, yeah. do I, do I sign up for this bake sale? I, what, what, I mean, as you're thinking about it now, what are some other things that are coming to your mind too? Um, I think about the complete opposite of that where they're too aggressive where it's just like, uh, oh. And I think especially in churches that, um, I mean, I think one of the things that's 
helpful for people in our church is that we we tend to skew a bit younger. But I've heard stories of other friends who've moved away and they walk into church and it's a bunch of 70 and 80 year olds and they go, oh, the young family's here. Like, and then they just pounce them right away and don't allow them to breathe. And I think, I think sometimes too, it's like we, uh, it's this weird tension of like, how do you let someone be kind of anonymous and check it out? And then like when they're ready to take that step and say like, hey, I'm here, I'm, I want to know more. Like, and then also being prepared for that, right? So some churches just aren't even prepared or expect guests to show up, which is a whole nother podcast, but. (laughs) Well, and I really appreciate that because when you and I are in our shoes, Mm -hmm. like, and again, we have a lot of people that listen to this podcast that don't attend church and, you know, they're kind of, but like, there's this anxiety as if I used to sell cell phones like there's this anxiety that like if I don't get this, if I don't make the sale, unfortunately, then I'm going to lose this person. But in church, like I find, you know, I've had to change my approach to say, I, I am ready to help you take a next step when you are ready to take that next yeah. step. And so even if you're thinking about attending Browncroft or Hoboken Grace, like I do feel that that's very real. It's like, I, I just want to sit here for like, two, three, six months, but you're right. There's that over-aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. So let's kind of come back to, I've started attending. Mm-hmm. You know, what do you think is a natural first step? Like, so we have listeners from Rochester. After this episode, we'll have listeners from Hoboken. Um, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so we're just reading lens, all this, we're going to go up. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't know the church game, like, what should I do? That's a, that's a tricky one. And it's interesting because uh, this makes me, like, want to go back to and, like, talk to my staff about this exact question. Because I don't, I don't know that I have a, like, solid answer for w- what do they do. Like, because um, I don't know if it's the same at every church. Um, I would say if you're, if you're ready and you you enjoy the, the church, I would say like, so why don't we talk about like, how can we talk about like what you might look for that you want to enjoy? Right. Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Say more. Um, yeah, I would say like, it's really important if you can connect with the person who's doing the teaching that day, like, are they talking about topics that you're actually interested in? Um, and are they able to do it in a relatable way? I think is is important. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it, if that's the case, so like that's gonna be the first one because that person's super important because they're kind of leading the entire church. So if that guy or girl turns you off and they're like, man, they're really angry or they're aggressive or like they're just way too happy, I can't be with someone who's that happy. Like know that as I have this big smile on my face. Yeah, yeah. the whole <laughs> church is following usually that person who, who's teaching. So I would say that's the, that's like the first sign. Um, and, and if you do connect with that person and then I would just start the thing on like, usually all these churches have something that help you identify if you're a first time guest. Um, most of them have like an app or, and or paper something. Um, and then they'll also have like a connection point or whatever they may call it. But, um, Usually wherever you come in, like look for that kind of station. And I realize if you're maybe introverted or you're you're nervous of like 
asking for help, that can be a big challenge um, sometimes. But just even if you're able to uh, say hello to one person, maybe, or just say like, hey, I'm new here, like usually everyone's willing to help out. I would say that's the other thing, too. Um, I, I realize that you can probably feel like you're a tourist in a big city when you're inside of church sometimes where it's just like, ah, am I annoying them? Am I this kind of thing? Like, But at the end of the day, so many people are, are willing to help because they've also been in that same position before. Um, and hopefully they remember that they've been in that same position before. So, Well, and I think that there's like a couple pro tips. Like, so th- uh, this is probably one of the most practical podcasts. Like, how do I how do I go to church? Like, mm-hmm. how do I get connected? Why is it so hard? Like, so first of all, like when you're starting a church conversation, um, so I've had friends tell me this, like, don't ask how long have you been here? Because what usually happens is like, if you're newer and you ask someone that, well, I've been here for 40 years and like, it's not awkward on them, but I've heard many people say it's awkward on me. Like the question that I tend to ask people is, and I've reframed it this way, Hey, you know, did you grow up in Rochester or where are you from? And it's amazing how much that opens up a conversation. You know, I think too, I love what you talked about. And this is a struggle because I think we feel this. Like if I give you my name, am I about to get 30 <laughs> different ways of co- bombarded? <laughs> but like, that's going to, you know, you yeah. are more than welcome. Most churches are gracious. Hey, I want to be on this information. I'm not ready to take a step right now. Like, as a pastor, I need you to hear me say that. Um, but the other two things, like we've talked about small groups, we'll talk about that a lot, but even just signing up to be a greeter, like it's yeah. amazing how many people you know. And like, I, I, maybe we should have called this, you know, why are there so many little hacks to getting connected? Like these are just <laughs> the little hacks that when you're ready, I don't know, what other stuff have you found that maybe you've seen people get connected with? Yeah, I would say those those teams would definitely be another way. Um, and I would even say like if if you're so like being a greeter kind of makes you say like, yeah, I'm OK with what this church is doing or like you're in that position. So maybe you're not there yet. But I think every church has different serving opportunities um, that are either behind the scenes or even like out in the community. And just letting them know that you're interested in a team as well, like you'll be able to find out about more of those things. But I find like, you know, if if sitting down and having conversations is challenging or, um, you know, the thought of being a part of that group, sometimes what's great about the team aspect is like that getting to work side by side with others. And maybe you're like myself, like I love like getting to when I get the opportunity to work with my hands. And so mm-hmm. I think that's some of the benefits of a team as well, where you know, you get to you get to know uh, individuals a bit more, and and, and um, I, I really think that a great marker of a church is really the people that that are. This is going to sound awful, but like people that are getting produced, right? Like, who are the people that like? How are they growing? And and the marks of that, like, if again, if they're a bunch of grumpy, angry people, and 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 looking at themselves, like, it's usually not a marker of a great church. But if they're, you know out getting to know others and, 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 um, being curious, I think is a huge part of that as well. And, and getting to know, um, people that might not look or sound like them, I think is super important too. So, well, and I think what you're bringing up, um, you know, again, I, I, I want to hear about this, te- like there's a tension when you go to the church of saying, 
this is my responsibility. And then well, like, what's the church's responsibility? Cause I think that's really what mm. we're struggling with. Yeah. So, I mean, what does that tension look like for you at Hoboken Grace? Can you explain that a little bit more. Like, what do you mean by my responsibility? So, so like if I'm new to a church, yeah. like, and again, I, I think we're helping people or kind of taking them behind the way the sausage is made. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like you and I can actually as pastors, like overcompensate. So like, what's a person's responsibility? And let's just pretend like, you know, maybe someday God will call me to be in a season, not being a pastor. I have to like always be open. Cause I don't know. Like when I walk into a church, I have to like realize, you know, if I'm sitting back and doing nothing mm. and I'm like, I'm not getting connected. Well, there's a little bit on me, but then there's another mm-hmm. side because churches like, hey, I've sent you emails. I, I've done a phone call. I sent you a pigeon telegram. Like at some <laughs> point, like, and because like I we sent look, you a cameo from Gary. <laughs> I sent you a cameo, you know, Kevin. No. But like these are the tensions, and I think these are yeah. kind of the fears. I don't know. How do you manage that at Hoboken Grace? Yeah. Okay. So we're talking about like the individual and and their kind of yeah. So it's fascinating about this. When I first moved to New York City, everyone told me go check out this one church, and I'm not gonna say who this church is because one, they're phenomenal. They've had a huge influence on my life, and so many churches, not just in New York City, but the rest of the country, if not the world. And I go to check it out, and no one said a word to me the music I didn't identify with, like, and I just took it more as like God, like closing the door on that church and just being like, go find another one. And, uh, I'm so happy that he, he did. Right. And, um, I, but I could have, right. I could have pushed through. I could have filled something out. Um, I just chose not to. Um, but I do think that like, you're right. Like you do have to take some initiative. Um, and especially be honest when someone says, even if they say hi or they're, they're warm and, and welcoming, I realize like that can be a little uncommon. Like it's not like when you walk into, um, uh, what would be something else that's kind of, so it's not like when you walk into like, let's say like you're going to a show, right. And, other people are being like, Hey, how are you? Kind of thing. Like, like we, we would be like, that's awkward kind of thing. But in a church, it's much more common. Uh So I think like, know that those are cues that people are open to, like, they're not just doing it as like a courtesy. Like sometimes they're, they're seeing if you'll, if you'll bite per se. Right. So, um, but yeah, I I don't know if, no, what would you add to that? Well, no, no, I, (laughs) That's super helpful because again, I yeah, I I think what churches fail to understand is like people are watching you before they mm-hmm. even set foot in. So mm-hmm. I've never been to Hoboken Grace, but I've seen messages from your pastor. I've seen you on social media, mm-hmm. and like I'm already forming an opinion about it's a positive one. So, um, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> if I lived in Hoboken, like if God moved me there for whatever reason, I probably would go there. But yeah, you know, I think all these things that we're talking about is, you know, it's it's find that one step. 
Like, mm-hmm. why is it so hard to get connected at church? You know, I think sometimes there's a ton of options or there's no options, Yeah, but it's, there's a point where you take responsibility for your spiritual journey that you just say, hey, you know, I'm gonna find this one step. And yeah. I think that's kind of what we're, we're landing on and helping people see, you, yeah. You also need to be willing to compromise. Like there's no perfect church. Like it doesn't exist. You're gonna, it's, it's like houses, right? Like you have your list of things that are important to you, but there's probably gonna be some things that are like, oh, they could be better in this area or they could, they could, they could this, especially like when you're talking about where there's very little choices, I think sometimes you might have to be willing to um, um, sacrifice what you need per se a little bit more. But um, does that, are you jiving with that? Like, oh, no, no, I, I totally jive with that. And let me, Let me walk I think you, you have an advantage right now in that, like I was talking about earlier, like you can check out these speakers ahead of time. Like that's that's one of the things that'll save you a ton of time, right? But go ahead. No, so one of the things about Rochester is there's a lot of people that stay. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people that are highly connected to family. I moved here. I really struggled to kind of find my spot. So just, it's really hard. What's that like for you in Hoboken? Because you mentioned too, like if you're in a church in a transient area, it seems like like people are yeah. just more aware. I don't know. I'd, I'd be curious about that. Uh, so church here in a transient area is interesting because <laughs> you have to you go through a lot of loss, right? Um, so what that means is that like I've con- like I had to have a personal policy of like, I'm done going to going away parties. Like I don't go to going away parties anymore because they were happening so often and they're just like crushing to my soul. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, maybe that's a, another conversation for therapy or something like that. But um, Robin Angler counseling.com. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but um, the, the joy in that is just knowing like I've, I've had the opportunity constantly to see, God bring new people and they come with, everyone comes with new gifts and, 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 and such. But, um, it's funny, like I have a three-year-old and he's now going through this for the first time where he's losing friends that are moving away. And it's just, it breaks my heart. But, um, and, but it, what's interesting about that is then because there's so much turnover, like our culture can actually change in a matter of years just because of, you know, the, the types of people who may be in it, or um, sometimes the economy, this is weird. Sometimes economy, the economy will slow down and there'll be less turnover. So you'll have people for a longer period of time, which then causes them to age. And then eventually things change and they all move away and we're back to a like younger class again. So it's really interesting for us in that regard. I don't know if you know if that was what you were looking for, but no, no, that's uh, church in Hoboken is, is that turnover. Well, that makes, that makes a ton of sense. And, you know, so I, I, I try to think about this, like if I move to an area, like mm-hmm. it's di- like, so if you're someone that's newer to church or you're searching Jesus, like yeah. even just being aware, is it more transient? Like I have a feeling that people would have a different vested interest in Hoboken than Browncroft. Yeah. I would also say churches in a transient area are probably going to be much more ready for that first time guest because <laughs> they're so much more reliant on it than maybe someone who has less turnover, but who, well, and, well, no, that's a yeah. great, that's a great segue. 
what it like if I went to Hoboken Grace, what does it look like if I'm a first time guest? Yeah. Uh, if you're a first time guest, we would be encouraging you to check out something called Next is what we would is what we kind of call. And really what that is, it just gives you an oversight of the church and what we believe. Um, so, you know, we'll give you a little bit of like what our statement of faith is in a sense. And um, <clears throat> I think that's another thing that's like really important that I think might be hard to understand. I don't even know if that's maybe for people, that's probably might be for the people who are more churched, but I don't know. Um, you can tell I don't do assimilation. <laughs> <laughs> so assimilation is a word that they use in churches that is like they take care of those first time people who come in. Um, they hand off to me is what they they do. Um, <clears throat> and then the other things covered inside that class is it tells you about our um, different opportunities that exist within the church. So being a part of a group, being a part of a team, and then finding an outlet to to kind of serve. Uh, and give back to our community. So, um, because we've always like, one of the things that really uh, kept me around from the start was we had this attitude and this helped because they, was, they were church plan time, which means they're a brand new church. They had this attitude that they never wanted to be guests. Or they, we always wanted to have this feeling like we're guests in the community. We didn't want to walk in here and be like, we own this place or like that you should, you know, you should make room for us. These kind of things. Like we wanted to like earn that respect. We, and we wanted that to be a position all the time. Like we never wanted to be that, like we would have privilege at any point. We always wanted it to be that, like, you know, we, we recognize that, that we are guests in this community. And so, um, that was one of the things I was like, oh, I love that attitude. Like, cause I've, I've, I've been in churches where it's, it's like, no, we've been here forever. We've always done this. We deserve to get our way or, the constitution says we should, we should have these liberties kind of thing. So, um, but yeah. Well, and I, I think that that's super helpful because again, mm -hmm. I, I feel like this podcast is like, help you see the insider baseball, you know, because, yeah. you know, at Browncroft, it's very similar. We have a great uh, director of next steps. Her name's Kim. Mm. So we do this pizza with a pastor. Like we send a pizza nice. to your house, you zoom. We have a next oh, steps cool. experience. Yeah. So I've always wanted to do uh he's never been on board for this, our pastor. I've always wanted to do grill the pastor. And we would Ooh. we would do we would grill out and we would you could ask any question you wanted. Ooh. I heard <laughs> but of he this. was like he was like with if we go with that title, they're gonna come with the stuff that's brutal. Like so I don't like let's <laughs> pizza with a pastor sounds much more polite and friendly. Ah, uh, so. you know, if it's steak, I'll take it. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean I, I, I don't yeah. mind you grilling. But, you know, what, I, what I'm noticing is the hardest transition, and I think we're just having a real conversation about this, the hardest transition is from that short-term environment to that long-term getting, finding my 10 to 12 people, you know, yeah. sometimes we call that a small group, finding the people that I'm sharing, like, like that's the hardest. And so, mm -hmm. you know, what would you say to someone that, hey, I've been in these new places zone and I humbled myself and it's not kind of my thing. I'm introverted or I'm super extroverted and no one wants to talk to me, but then you've got to make that like step. And sometimes churches don't always do a good job. This is where like, if I join, like if I go to this small group once, like, am I stuck there the rest of my life? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. 
are these like my people? I don't know. Like, how do you navigate that as a pastor as you're helping people get connected? So one of the things that we do to, to, to kind of help out with that is um, when we do start new groups, we start them off for only 10 weeks. Um, and then the group kind of decides if they want to continue on is one of the things that we do. Um, because we recognize like that is scary. And sometimes the chemistry just doesn't come together. So like one of the things I was going to say, like if you're joining a small group, like there's a good chance you'll find your people right away. But there's also a chance you might not find them right away. And that's okay. And I would encourage you to, to keep trying other ones because you need others. Like you you need to be surrounded in a community. Even if you if you don't believe, I, I just think it's still important to get to learn that like we're all flawed in this process um, and that we need each other to encourage one another, to be there for one another. Like in the New Testament, there are, I think it's 52 one another's if I'm remembering mm -hmm. correctly. Um, and I think what's interesting about that too is like, and, and why you should be in a group is that on Sunday, it's really hard to live out some of those 52 things that are in there. Like try to... Um, Try to encourage, or I guess you probably could encourage one another, but, but you know, if someone's grieving, like, how do you comfort someone on a Sunday morning, right? Like, you know, they may have just heard the the message and you see, you see them, you know, uh, huddled over or something like that. It's going to be re really challenging, but in, in group, it's a, it's a little bit easier to, to do those, those things. Um, gosh, I can't even remember what the original question was. <laughs> it just sort of went on this kind of tangent, but, no, no. um, no, you're, you're going so in the. You're going in the right direction because like yeah. what you're saying is like you're you're preparing people to ask the right questions like mm -hmm. hey how long does this group run you know when can I make a decision and I think even what you're saying is empowering because yeah. if it's not like a short like a communicated short term experience and you're saying hey I'm hesitant like I mm -hmm. think a way to say hey like if I join this group and like it just doesn't fit like people like you and me and other leaders, like we'd be like, Hey, we want to help you get connected. Yeah. Yeah. And I would also encourage you to like, one of the things that we, that we kind of encourage people for is, is we want them to have, uh, three relationships that are really important. And so one is like that mentor and we call that Paul. So Paul is this guy in the, in the Bible who, um, was, he, he's the guy that kind of took the gospel out of Jerusalem and took it to the rest of the Roman Empire that was at the time. Um, and he was um, ministering alongside another guy named Barnabas. And Barnabas was the kind of guy that he hit. The, they were like buddy buddies. So we asked them to find a Paul who's someone who's like pouring into you. Barnabas, who's someone you're along on this journey with. And then a Timothy is someone that you. So Paul was was had another guy named Timothy with him who was like his like understudy, I think would be a good way to put it that you might kind of understand. And so we asked them to, people to kind of like find those three relationships. And um, it's interesting through different seasons, it'll be challenging to find certain ones, but they're, they're all kind of important. But one thing I've learned along the way, especially with the mentor kind of role is don't try to find one mentor who does all of life, right? You may have one who is, there's a, there's a dad that you like, there's a, someone who's a father who uh, you really admire and respect and they might make a really good mentor for you 
um, as you are a father to your children, or um, it may be someone who is really killing it at work and they're that that kind of figure, or there's someone who's got great work-life balance that you want to learn from them. Um, you know, it, it goes back to that thing I shared earlier about just being curious. And I find that you can set up a meeting with nearly anyone if you just ask them like, hey, I would just love to learn from you because people people eat that up all the time. Like of like, yeah, I'd love to like when you put it that way, like, oh, you're willing to learn. Like, of course, I'll share with you what what I know. So um, that's one of those things that, that I think is helpful uh, with that. So, well, and what I what I really appreciate that. Um, so I have a good friend on staff. His name's Aaron. Mm-hmm. And I know that he doesn't fit our demographic. Um, he's actually our co-host, couldn't be here today. But Aaron, like the first Sunday he was at Browncroft, walked up to me and said, hey, let's have coffee. Um, yeah. So whether that's a pastor or someone on stage, like I think that we kind of have to get over ourselves because you might not know what's on the other end of that relationship. Mm-hmm. The coffee or lunch could go terrible um (laughs) or it could go really well and it's so funny like i i think this is true about rochester and hoboken we to network like if we saw someone that could help us get to our like next job or promotion like we'd say hey let's have coffee or something but like at church it's almost like we're scared to do that and i just want to encourage and empower people like if you sit by someone like six weeks in a row or, you know, six times you see them and they look semi-normal, like, and you have a good conversation, like, it's okay for you to ask that. And and here's another, like, again, I feel like this is a hack episode in a good way. Yeah. Like, literally schedule it in your phone there, not, hey, let me send you an email. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. we, if you're not watching on a video, I'm like holding up my phone. Like we have the technology to do this, but I love that, Nick. That's so great. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say that too. Like you see someone with a, with a staff kind of badge or whatever they're, they will buy you free coffee if you, if you ask them. So that's the other thing too. Done. I also think everyone on staff loves those meetings too. Mm. So like, that's another easy way to get to know the church better and what next steps are. Like we love hearing people's stories. Um, I it's it's a a quote I also kind of live by being a Pittsburgh guy. Like uh, uh, Fred Rogers is is super uh, like hero mythological status from Pittsburgh, but uh, he has this quote that's uh, there's no one that you can't learn to love once you've heard their story. And mm-hmm. I just like take that into my entire job of like, I love when I get the opportunity to sit down over a cup of coffee or whatever it may be here. We do it at bars. Don't tell people. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> hey, but, we, uh, we, we have yeah. a great, we have a great person that owns a brewery at Browncroft. So anyways, so wonderful, wonderful. Um, but yeah, like we, we love getting to hear people's stories. Cause again, I think curiosity is an underrated, underrated uh, skill. That seems to be a theme that keeps popping out here, but. Well, and I mean, kind of the last thing to to wrap this up, then we'll get to yeah. the question. But, uh, you know, I'll never forget. Uh, I agree with your pastor, like, you know, grilling with Greg or whatever you're going to call it. <laughs> like Grill the pastor. Uh, grill the pastor. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know how I feel in a group setting, but, you know, I'm thinking about, uh, I have a good friend now from uh, um, Browncroft that the first time I met him, he had his notebook out with like 10 questions and uh, like, wow, 
if you're like a skeptic, like if you're de-churched and unchurched, I don't know if every pastor feels this way, but I love that. Like mm-hmm. I get so, I derive so much energy, number one, to hear your story, but number two, like you came with 10 questions. Like, let's go. <laughs> like, let's do it. I don't know. Do you feel the uh, same That would way? terrify me. That oh, would, would absolutely <laughs> terrify me. But, Even just a one-on-one? Yeah. I, yeah, uh, I'm different. Because uh, <laughs> like, I just usually know like, uh, yeah, I, I don't even want to get into it, but yeah, that would terrify me. But <laughs> well, but the majority of my staff would love that. Like, yeah, let's go through your questions, kind of thing. And I, I would feel like I'm back in school, and it's like, all right, here's your quiz. Like, am I gonna pass this? Like, it's this weird, unnecessary anxiety, right? And not saying like this person's just genuinely curious. It's okay. Like, and you don't have to be right. Like, you know what I mean? So, no, that's really good. Well. Hey, we always close with this question. Um, What does Jesus have to do with this topic? And um, so I get to answer that first. And then as I always say, um, you get to clean up any heresy or anything that I messed up. Oh man. Okay. So so here we go. So what does Jesus have to say? Why is it so hard to get connected in church? And, you know, we've mentioned this a number of times in the podcast, but like Jesus devoted his life to 12 people. And like, if you, as you read the gospels and the accounts of Jesus, like he had 12 people and then he had like a group of 40 and a group of like, he like did life with people. And I think the problem in America and even in the church and our Western is, our Western culture is that we've treated spirituality as individual. And it's great that you go to church on Sunday. It's great that you do the live stream. Um, but there's this story, there's this little boy who went to the circus and he sees the parade go by. And as he sees the parade go by, he like looks at a clown and he hands him the money and he walks away. And his parents asked him like, well, did you go inside the circus? And he said, well, no, I saw, I saw the, you know, I saw them all walking by and they said, no, like you have to go inside the tent. And so I think that that's kind of with spirituality, whether you're unchurched or dechurched or you're skeptic, like there's something about engaging people and that just takes real work. But if you're looking for that transformation, if you're wondering if Jesus is real, that's where I'd encourage you to go. Yeah. I don't think I have anything to clean up. <laughs> that's the first time a guest has done that. So, uh, um, Yeah, I mean... Trying to think what I would even add to that. I think it was captured perfect. I think I, what I would probably pull out is that, like you are, you're not meant to be alone. Like you, if you go back to the origin story in Genesis, right? Um, Adam, Adam is there, right? And God has declared all these things good. And one of the first things He declares that's not good is is Him by Himself, right? And in this story, there's no sin yet. So for him to declare like this is not good and there hasn't been sin yet, like goes to show that like we are not meant to go on this journey alone. So, um, you know, even if, you know, don't buy into that lie too, if you're introverted that like, oh, I, I gain all of my energy when I'm alone. Like it doesn't excuse you from having to do life with others, right? It just means that like, 
be smart about where you get to recharge and stuff like that. But um, you you are designed for people just as much as us crazy extroverts who are all up in your face that that need to learn <laughs> to go spend time alone. Um, so uh, yeah, so it, it, it's worth it. It's gonna be messy, but the more mess, the more grace you get to witness. So. Hey, where can people find you online? Um, yeah, it's a great question. Um, I'm not really online all that much anymore, but just uh, if you Google uh, Nick Lindsay, you'll you'll find me. The best place to hear me and in my thoughts is on my podcast. So Reading Lens, which is a part of the group, you have to look for Group Talk. Uh, that's that's the thing that it's a part of. Um, but yeah, and I apologize for that. It's just a season of life I'm in where I'm. I'm controlling that content sort of in that regard so. hey that, that that's another podcast episode so we're good yeah. but anyways nick thanks for joining us um <laughs> go to whygodwhypodcast.com make sure you subscribe to our email check out nick's podcast he and i did a podcast on never split the difference mm-hmm. um so you will probably uh share that and tag that so thanks so much for joining us today 